The following is a conversation with Marina Harris, an opera singer, vocal coach, and an outspoken advocate for the fair treatment of women and people of color in opera. Marina talks about vocal care, ways for opera to survive as an art form, and mental health. Afterwards, we'll have a special friend, Coco from San Diego, to join us again on our new after-show segment, Music Retrospective. For those just tuning in to Pepe and Ibra for the first time, I'm Pepe, a.k.a. Joanna Glass, and Ibra, a.k.a. A. Perez, is my bandmate, and we are professional musicians in a two-piece rock band called Glass Spirits. This podcast will have guests who are musicians or professionals in the music and entertainment business. They'll have music tips, discuss issues in the music industry, what inspires them, and their creative process. Our current schedule will be to publish each episode every week. We have all the episodes filmed and in the can, so you'll definitely get an episode every week. If we get a positive response, we'll have a second season, so make sure you like, comment, rate, and review this podcast. The theme of this season is Voyager, because many of our guests have come from all over the world, or some are transplants from across the country. But the voyage doesn't have to be physical. Many of them have had emotional and spiritual voyages as well. We have some very quick announcements. We won't always have sponsors, but when we do, we'll read their messages at the beginning of the episode so that the conversation is not interrupted. Do you love to sing? Do you wish you could hit those higher notes with more ease or hold them longer? Do you wish your voice wouldn't get tired after belting? Do you wonder how you can step to the next level and get ready for your band's next gig or recording? So, if you're looking to improve your singing, then look no further than Valle Vocal Studios. Vocal coach Laura Valle has over 20 years experience in the music industry as a performer, producer, and vocal instructor with a passion to figure out each individual vocal challenge. I called Laura 13 years ago and told her about my former background in music and my goals, that I wanted to improve my range and only had a limited amount of time to practice. Fortunately, she was very flexible and didn't enforce a rigid curriculum. She would listen to my voice, diagnose problems like a doctor, and, with practice, I immediately noticed smoother transitions between different ranges and tones. I am really fortunate to have found a teacher who is technical, flexible, and encourages creativity. Thirteen years later, I am more confident about my singing, especially in my band Glass Spirits, so I definitely recommend Laura S. Valle. You can find more information about the lessons at www.vallevocalstudios.com and call Laura for a phone consultation. Tell them that Pepe and Ibra sent you and get 50% off your first lesson. If you enjoy this podcast, subscribe to our YouTube channel, give it five stars, and leave a good review on Apple Podcasts. Support us on Patreon and connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or our website, pepeandibra.com. Now, without further ado, here's our conversation with Marina Harris. Hi, 
Hi, welcome to another episode of Pepe and Ibra. I am Pepe, a.k.a. Joanna Glass of the rock band Glass Spirits. And with me, I have, I'm so excited. I have a very <laughs> special guest. Um, she can't uh, contain her excitement either. And <laughs> and um, she is so courageous, so hardworking, so talented, Um yeah, I'm I'm not gonna deny you guys any longer of her presence. This is opera singer, musician extraordinaire, Marina Harris. Thank you. That's yeah. like the nicest introduction I think I've ever gotten. Um yeah, I will expect all future introductions to be that good from now from okay. now on. But that is so nice. That's so nice. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, that. you're welcome. I appreciate you coming on and um, I'm so happy that we have this podcast to do this yeah. and um, invite our friends. And so we like to give context to our audience and they wanna they wanna know like how we know you, how I know you. Totally. And um we both went to, um, which is now called Bob Cole Conservatory of Music, uh, which is affiliated with Cal State Long Beach. And um, I was a violin performance major. And um, Marina was studying opera performance, mm-hmm. but we actually have never, like, we've crossed paths, but we've never, like, gotten to know each other at the time. Like, I don't want to say each department was clicky or anything but you know you tend to hang out with those who have your same area of study and um but we have mutual friends and then later on um I befriended you on Facebook and then I just loved like seeing your posts you were just calling out (laughs) people on the internet like for misconduct and I was like and I didn't contribute because I didn't really know what was going on, but I was like reading and reading the comments and I was like, damn, this is a badass bitch who does not give a fuck. <laughs> and so, sorry, I'm not like trying to demean no, you by no, calling you a bitch no, on absolutely. International Women's no Day. No worries, <laughs> no worries. I feel yeah. like, you know, it's like I also am very fond of the idea of like reclaiming the word bitch as something that oh, is good. actually a positive connotation as well. And like, you know, it's like the way we use that word now it doesn't even, it's not even really I think what it was uh intended to be like when women call each other a bitch like usually we're doing it in a in a playful way or like I I sort of love the use of the word in a different context than an insult you know Mm -hmm. like I, I like it between women as well but also I feel like you know that's one of those things that people are like this is what feminism is about and it's like no actually like I, I kind of don't care if anybody like calls me a bitch or thinks I'm a bitch like that doesn't bother me so much what I do care about is yeah. like if that happens in a professional like workspace oh, if yeah. that happens you know in front of a whole bunch of people then like not ideal but yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know I think it's like it's one of those things that you know I think a lot of men are trying to figure out like what does feminism look like and I think they find one version of it that they agree with Mm -hmm. and then they are like okay well that's it I've learned everything that there is to know about feminism now I know it all um and you know there's no um way that I could be wrong about something but really like what feminism is to me is like being tolerant, we ha- we have to agree to disagree. And I think we don't necessarily have to like, you know, like we, we put so much emphasis on, you know, 
this this idea of oh feminism looks like this but it doesn't like and mm. especially for it to be really intersectional like it has to look different like we definitely don't all have to agree on everything we don't mm-hmm. have to like you know say this is the one set of rules and like everybody has to you yeah. know do this but it really is interesting how how all of that uh, has sort of yeah come to pass <laughs> yeah no i i'm really glad that you brought that up because um there's even really good caring uh intelligent male friends of mine yeah. who are like yeah i, I want i want a girlfriend who's a bitch and then i was like wait 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 hold on i okay let me und- i don't want to assume what your definition of a bitch is like right. what does that mean yeah. and he's like yeah a girl who's like strong Take and charge. outspoken yeah. and i was like well does it does that necessarily mean she's a bitch and and i'm kind of like half assuming what their um, intention is right so, yeah which yeah. like I, I do that all the time as well where it's like somebody will say something and then it's like it can, it might be like a castaway comment like it's just not even anything yeah serious and then it's like oh that actually was problematic but you know what like it's not worth it necessarily to go yeah. back and call out and be like I, I think like that's the other thing too is you know when you see it um, and I am certainly guilty of this from time to time like I tend to go zero to 60 and be like that's <laughs> messed up and this is why yeah. Um, but rather than doing that, like a lot of the time it's, you know, when, especially when you know the person who said it or you mm-hmm. have a like a, a real history with them in real life, um, like a lot of the time you can just shoot them a private message and be like, hey, mm. this is why what you said was kind of iffy. Like yeah. just letting you know, you know, you can still make choices about the language that you use and like yeah. just don't expect it not to have an effect on the women that you know Mm -hmm. you know I think like that's the thing too is like I think I see a lot of men posting (laughs) like memes and things like that that will sort of lead them to the wrong conclusion about feminists or feminism and then they're sort of like well why is this wrong and then like you know a bunch of women will come on and it becomes a big like this is sexist, this is offensive to me. And it's like, I think when you have a whole bunch of women screaming that at you, <laughs> um, there's no way any any lesson can be learned from that, which really yeah. sucks they recoil. on the one hand. Yeah. yeah, because like, what happens if somebody, like if somebody tells me you can't do that, the first thing that I want to do is do that yeah. thing. Like, it's terrible, but I think it's human nature. Um, and then I think a lot of the time when we yell at each other in a social media space, we end up just doubling down on what we sort of thought in the first place and then it becomes oh well this is just an echo chamber of like we disagree with each other and no no resolution comes from that I'm learning that lesson all the time um and I think that is my biggest concern when return returning to live performances I don't know why it's like some people I think can can really get in the mindset of oh um you know it, it'll be safe, um, but then they don't actually do any. Like, Nats provided such a good guideline for, for singers to follow, um, mm. and there have been several others, including um, BYU, oddly enough, but not that oddly because they're, you know, I think it's it's one of those situations where when you're in college, um, you know, it's a little bit easier to kind of organize your life in a way where you're quarantining. Um, I think, like, you know, you have dorms, like, mm. the sort of, like, oh, okay, well, you know, it, it it may be a little bit easier to sort of separate off and, and quarantine yourself, but 
Um, luckily, all of the performers I'll be singing with end of next month will be vaccinated by then. And then hopefully, yeah. um, you know, the donors, like, I'm sure will be and hopefully as much of the audience as possible. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think that's like, you know, as long as nobody minds if. I'm wearing a mask unless I'm singing. Um, so I made that very clear, like at the mm. beginning of the gig, like, you know, I will meet and greet. I will, you know, I will even shake hands with people. I'll do all of that as long as I can wear my mask. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I sing, you know, I'll be distanced and I'll take it off. And of course, like I'm like the queen of hand sanitizer. Um, yeah. <laughs> fun fact, Marilyn Horn is also like a huge, huge hand sanitizer person. Okay. Like she puts it in her nose when she flies. Oh, um, yeah, like she's very <laughs> like the first week at Music Academy. I think the summer that I went in 2010, um, I think the first present that we got from her was just like, here's some hand sanitizer. How does it work Please putting it in the nose? How does- I mean, I don't think it's particularly safe, but opera singers are so, we have like these weird things that we do that mm. we think keep us from getting sick. Okay. And now I'm learning, like, I feel like, you know, we, we should all be epidemiologists after this is all over because we are getting so much information about everything. But like, okay. um, in general, yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, she was such a big advocate for it. But, you know, um, Frederica von Stade will put like Neosporin in her nose when she flies Whoa. and then she'll like get a cup of tea and put a towel over her head and then just sit there. <laughs> with like basically creating her own humidifier on the plane and i've done it like it's not ideal Mm. but if you don't have an actual humidifier with you and Mm. you need to sing the next day you know it's like you got to do what you got to do for me i would rather just sing kind of um easy the next day and not have to deal with all that falderall on the plane because it's a little bit um yeah it's like to me i'd rather just sort of get through the flight, have my mask on because like the masks do provide enough, you know, I have what's called a humidifier, which is Ooh. like, we got those, um, I want to say maybe like 2009, 2010, they started becoming really popular and they're literally these humidifying masks that they look like, you know, Darth Vader masks, but, um, <laughs> I they, think I might've seen them. Yeah, yeah. Like you'll see singers wear them, um, like <laughs> days of performances. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, um, but then at the same time, you know, sometimes they do, uh, like really save the day. Um, I went to London once and I had like a, I want to say like a 12 hour flight or something from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. And then I had to get up, um, and I was on like such a different, time schedule oh my gosh almost like 12 hours difference and then I had to get up in like five or six hours and start getting ready for my audition I was like oh my god this is so much but um yeah it really saved me that day um I think sometimes you know if you have situations like an audition or a competition um and you just want to be sure you know like for performances you've already got the job so like yeah you know I think it's a little bit it's a little bit different there's more Um, wiggle room yeah Yeah. and like if you you know don't hold that note for the perfect amount of beats like it's fine you know I've I've seen plenty of singers do that um in performances and just sing a little cautiously but yeah you know I think also it's it's a personal preference like like any other instrument like any instrumentalist Mm -hmm. or singer or you know, artist, you have to learn what works for you. And, you know, if that's what works, great. If it doesn't 
cool. Do something else. Um, for me, it's just like I'd rather um, the talking is what kills me. So mm. like I just don't really talk to people on planes. Yeah. Um. You know, I love how you mentioned a little bit about your flying and travel routine. And I love talking about routines amongst musicians. Yeah, me too. Like um, I have like this pre-gig well I, I sing um rock music so yeah. it's uh I kind of have to like be more aggressive in the performance mm-hmm. rather than like a mm-hmm. very exposed opera singer or, or in classical music and so um my thing is just to be completely relaxed like the day of but then we do have roadies that help us with our gear and our heavy shit but then I sometimes have to like load up the heavy shit too so i need yeah. strength so i eat in the morning okay well the, the the night before definitely no partying going to sleep early i don't mess around anymore you know i'm yeah. not in my early 20s you know, I know right and it's so, like such um, a difference Oof. oh yeah okay and so then i have something very small in the morning um and then Maybe a small sma- snack later. Then I'll have some like ginger tea, oh, something nice. hot. Nice. Yeah, that's and then good. if we do do like um like a pre-show dinner because sometimes we perform like nine ten p.m. and so yeah. we're just waiting around. But I don't want a full stomach, so I'll eat something. And um yeah, I just need to have like enough energy to like set up, hustle our stage setup, and then like perform and. And cut through, you know, have the vocals cut through to and the audience because everything's just so loud around me. And then the yeah. audience is just loud, too. And oh, actually, I, I will mention sometimes because I just want to relax everything. <laughs> this might sound weird, yeah. but I give myself an enema like the day before. That's so. actually probably really smart. I mean, I think like, you know, there's certain things that like if you do them, you'll just feel better going yeah. into it. And I think like it's like whatever works for you <laughs> I say like go for it you know for me like I find like there are certain things that I can do um yeah definitely like I'm just not a big drinker anymore and I know yeah. this is like you know if you knew me in undergrad um obviously obviously you knew that was not the case but now like as an adult I'm like oh my gosh I'm so boring like I don't I don't really do you know anything crazy or going out but like it's such a different world in like rock music you know like you're doing show after show after show and like you know it's like a more the pressure is there to like go out and party and drink and whatever because Mm -hmm. it's so much about the lifestyle whereas with classical musicians you know people don't really expect you to be the person who's like you know doing shots or whatever like there's no you know I and that's kind of um that's nice we certainly have a (laughs) lot of like substance abuse issues Mm. that that arise with with opera singers but um you know that's more to do with I think the business aspect of things and you know we just sort of everybody's different everybody needs you know their certain thing before the show and I like have one friend who you know she drinks Diet Coke through everything she's a very famous opera singer and I won't drop her name because <laughs> I don't want her um to get called out for it but is it I a think, sin to have Diet Coke I mean it's one of those things that voice teachers you know were like I can't believe you drink that crap you know mm. and I just heard it over and over and over from so many different teachers over Does the she years just want but something it's just fizzy like, and sweet yes and okay. I think like the carbonation is massive like that's what I like because it just mm-hmm. sort of if I have gunk on my cords like I do today yeah. like 
it's gone, you know, and I don't have to worry about it. But I don't know. Everybody is so different. Um, And then there's like, you know, I've also known opera singers from like Eastern Europe who are smokers and they'll Mm. literally just be out on the curb chain smoking, waiting for their cue to come in. And it's like, oh, okay, well, like that is not something I would have been able to get away with. Um, but you know, it's whatever you need to do. I mean, if you raspy, yeah, it's like, if you sound great, I don't care. Like, you know, you, as long as you're not hurting anybody else, I think it's like, that's, that's sort of my, if I had to have, if I had to, you know, have like a life motto, I think it would be, you know, you just need to do whatever you need to do to get through it as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Like, I, I really wish that more people would kind of leave judgment for things like that like especially with opera singers because it's just because of our industry it's like Mm. it's how old it is so Mm. everybody is a little bit more old school with their thinking um which is part of the reason that we're struggling i think we're we're just not you know i don't know if it's innovating yeah it's well we are in in a lot of ways but then when it comes to very like fundamental ideas of who opera singer should be, I think mm. that is where we kind of, you know, it's it's much more um, common to find an opera singer who doesn't really have opinions or share them or, um, you know, is very quiet about political issues or socioeconomic mm. issues. Um, I think, you know, in in historically speaking, um that's certainly not been the case. I mean, like Jesse Norman, you know, was a huge activist and she's very inspiring to me. Um, you know, it's it's particularly difficult in opera because we all want to seem like we're the best, most wonderful colleague to work with, mm-hmm. um, which I I think um you know, I've never I've been rehired by so many of the companies that I've worked with. I think like 90 percent of the companies I've worked with have had me back. Um, so obviously I'm doing something correct there. But I wouldn't say that I am so worried about people necessarily. Um, you know, I I, I don't want to be the person that's like, I'm the best colleague, because usually that person is kind of a pushover <laughs> and doesn't really do anything to help their fellow colleague sometimes I think Mm. like a lot of it has to do with just being agreeable and silent and kind of like yes sir no sir um you know a lot of those singers end up being very very successful and so I think like yeah it's a little bit if you can stride the line um I think (laughs) that's a good thing and there are a lot of singers out there that that will um Wallace Junta is a really good person for that um but there are lots of others. Um, I think, you know, you just have to not taking a stand, I think, is just as damaging as taking a stand career wise now. I think, mm-hmm. you know, if opera really is serious about this idea of, oh, I want to be the progressive art form that does right by our communities and is, you know, diverse and represents all that opera has to offer as far as singers goes, um, you know, then that's great. But um, I think it's, it's like, we'll see if that actually matches up with their actions. Cause it's Mm. like right now, you know, we're getting a lot of news like, Oh, there's a new person that's been hired as the music director for this. And it's like, Oh, that's great. Um, 
But, you know, nine times out of 10, still, it's a cisgendered white person (laughs) in that role, in that leadership role. And it's like, I don't even mind that if your board is very diverse. Yeah. But that's just not typically the case. Yeah. Um, A diverse board will hire like a diverse conductor or diverse music and and everything. The money money has to be. It's like. You're, you know, and I, I feel for a lot of these companies as well because I think they're beholden to their donors. Um, mm. You know, the Met certainly. It's like I do think the leadership is not, um, not good. But at the same time, I think a lot of the reasons that they've had to do the things that they've done is because they have that hanging over them. Um, this idea that all the, all the money could just go away um, yeah. if you don't, you know sort of keep the status quo happening yeah. and you know it's just it doesn't help anyone it hurts the whole business it makes us all look more removed from reality and not connected to what's happening in the real world and you know i think that that is very very dangerous for like the future of opera like we have to think more forward if we're going to survive and some places have done that the la phil is a really good example mm-hmm. they've made so much progress um you know it could still be more diverse with casting but i think yeah. like we'll <laughs> hopefully we'll see that um you know there are opera companies especially um sort of on the on the smaller to mid size that mm-hmm. have such a higher quality of productions that they're doing and then also the singing does tend to be better at those levels i do think that a lot of the time um opera is very big on have you already done this? Um, and I think that's a mistake because we're not giving people the chances that they need in order to um, say, yeah, I have done that role or, yeah, I have, you know, sung through mm-hmm. that whole thing. Um, even if it's like a, a situation where you have to fly someone in last minute, um, if the voice is right and the person knows the role, like I I don't see what the risk is, um, especially because most of these houses will have prompters, you know, so if we if we lose our place there is someone in a little box um, up at the front of the stage who will start waving their hands frantically and say, hey, <laughs> um, no, mm. you're, you know, this means stop singing. Um, yeah. That's the one thing I learned like first day um, as a young artist. But yeah, it's interesting. Um, we do tend to kind of burn out our opera singers. A lot of Wagnerian singers specifically mm. get very burned out because it's a difficult repertoire to sing. Yes, yeah. but also... They're just doing too much of it, and then they have to do too much of it in order to make a living. So it's like yeah, if you do the uh, the ring cycle, that's insane, yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like it's so it's you know I I still am like how have I not done a Valkyrie yet? Um, but I think Maybe you it's know it's a blessing in disguise. It's one of these things where it's like yeah, I, you know I I think like I certainly can sing it, um, but a lot of it has to do with how they cast things now. And you know if there's a young artist that's in the house that can do it, they'll mm. they'll do that. But yeah, um, you know. And then I've had a lot of things like you know that were supposed to happen but fell through, or um, there's so much of that in this career. I think like. I I almost never tell anyone I'm doing anything anymore until I've signed the contract because yeah. it's like, you know, Things I just don't want to. Yeah, I just don't yeah. want to count any chickens before they hatch. And um, yeah, it's like I think back to be- music being not a meritocracy. Um, you know, again, it's like there there certainly are people who are 
worthy of of the success that they get. But I just think that a lot of the time um, people get to that level by sort of just being, you know, the the right person with the right look rather than the the singing really being tip top. Um, So, you know, I think that's something we we definitely need to work on. Um, Just nobody's going to the opera to to look at beautiful people. I just like it's doesn't it doesn't happen. Um, I mean, most people sit really far away anyway. So it's just like, you know, I, I think also the idea that, you know, fat people can't be love interests or fat people don't fall in love or, you know, like these stories that opera has, which are amazing stories don't happen to fat people. It's just like, what, what alternate universe is this? Like, Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, I don't know where we got that idea. I think a lot of it comes from, you know, this, this sort of thing that happened to pop music where, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can only be, you know, like look like a supermodel um, in order to get a record deal. You know, it's just like, and we, we do that as well. Um, Yeah, no, I've gotten it in like, in, and being in my band my bandmate a perez like we are so honest with each other and we don't like criticize each other but we do relay any information that we hear um that might be relevant and then he's like oh so and so manager this and that like you know i don't believe this but this is what he said and it's like anyone who's said anything about my weight or like said I could like lose a few pounds have been old like crusty white men yeah and that doesn't mean okay before I get canceled that all men (laughs) are old and crusty or white and you know and and if that if you're old you're crusty but any but you know what I mean it's just like I'm just saying it's like people who are out of touch and have like these old ideals antiquated uh, antiquated ideals of beauty yeah and um so yeah i just know like when i get interviewed in filipino magazines they're just like yeah um k-pop is is booming and so how is filipino music or filipino rock have visibility and i was just like well there's just got to be people like me and other artists who just keep doing it right and that's you just have to keep doing it I, I hate the idea that when a, when an art form gets popular, like K-pop, I mean, first of all, K-pop has always been popular. Like, yeah. let's be real. <laughs> um, and if, if people just weren't paying attention until now, then yeah. I'm sorry. Like, that's not uh, on us as performers. But <laughs> isn't it so funny that, like, some, you know... For example, um, a colleague of mine, John Holiday, went on The Voice this season and mm. was like very, very successful, did an amazing job. Um, I always knew he was talented. I never knew how talented he was until he was on The Voice um, because he's mm. also able to cross over into pop. And I mean, it's just so many <laughs> unbelievable things he can do with his voice. Um, but of course, then it's like, oh, well, now you need to do that. Now, you know, w- mm. what show are you going to audition for? And that is just so, yeah. so not my thing. Um, I think like I, you know, in a perfect world, there would be an opera reality show and we'd all be on it. Right. But like, yeah. I think um trying to accommodate your art to fit another set of 
preconceived guidelines that people are like, this yeah. is successful. It's like, no, 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 yeah. no. no. And, it, and it, what that does is that you have to cater your art um, to the masses. Whereas like you're into, let's say Prokofiev or whatever, but then to get the attention of people who aren't exposed to classical music, then you'd have to like play like the four seasons or something right, and right. Then there's nothing wrong with the four seasons of course but yeah it would kind of be reductive to the art and, yeah yeah and um i mean i i do feel it's really important to give art that exposure but then to put it in that format of a reality tv contest is makes it reductive so yeah and, and i found that like a lot of operatic things have evolved from that for example the the public masterclass um which i have seen more abusive comments happen in those sort of uh setups in in the the youtube comments or like within no like within the the confines of teaching um you know it's it's it stinks but um a lot of the time it will just be, and you know, it doesn't doesn't always affect the singer. I've seen a pianist um, just obliterated in a masterclass, oh, um, wow. and it's like, I just first of all, <laughs> no good can come from that, right? Like, no one benefits from somebody getting chewed out for any reason at all in a masterclass, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's one thing that music professionals really need to be mindful of is that if we are going to do these sort of dog and pony shows where we trot out our young artists and like look how talented and young and beautiful they are we need to not um allow those situations to to come to pass so you know when when you're meeting with the people who are you know going to be giving the master class um all you have to do is say like okay there are four or five things that are off the table and you just are not allowed to make comments about. And for me, number one would be weight because mm. it just, again, it's like, it doesn't help anyone. It doesn't, the first thing, and I know this from being a fat kid my whole life, the first thing that I want to do when somebody tells me I need to lose weight is go eat all the things, um, yeah. which is how my eating disorder sort of developed. And then, now, you know, being in recovery from that and seeing, you know, oh, well, of course I went to go binge eat everything because I was constantly getting it from all sides. It was like, you know, when I was growing up, it was my family when I started, you know, going to college and whatever. And then it was like, well, well, you'll never get a boyfriend if you don't look that way or whatever. And then like then it was opera who was just like, we reject your body. Um, You know, the only way you'll ever be able to be successful is if you you know, lose 50 pounds or lose 100 pounds. I mean, it's just like, and it got to be, now it's at the point where if somebody says something like that to me, it just rolls right off my shoulders. I'm not even concerned with it because so many people have said it to me. And so I think, you know, the one thing I would say is just leave people's weight out of it. Um, You know, like, especially after quarantine, it's like, we're all going to be up a few pounds. So like, oh, yeah, let's be (laughs) let's be nice. Um, Let's be nice to ourselves. And let's be nice to everyone else. And just not care about it because yeah. honestly it doesn't make you a better artist it doesn't make you a better human all it does is make you thin yeah. um and so i think like you know if, if it were one thing that could die in a fire um during this whole period of time i, I hope it's that um yeah. and i also hope that it's sort of this racism that is very 
very subtle, very covert. There's so much sort of language that people will use that's very coded, but you know what it means. For Mm -hmm. example, like your hair is too out of control, Mm. Um, you know, like (laughs) things like that. Um, Mm. Or like, oh, your hair might, you know, it's usually my, my female colleagues who are black who get comments about their hair. And it typically is always something that's very, Seems inoculate, in, in, inoculous, um, seems, um, God, what's the word? Well-meaning? Yes. Seems very above board. <laughs> I'm totally thinking about inoculating, like, vaccines. Um, I've got COVID on the brain. But, no, it's, like, innocuous. There we go. It's a very yeah. innocuous comment. Um, finally found the right word. Thank you, Cal State Long Beach, for my education. Um, yeah. And, and like, it'll be, like, oh, it just looks a little messy or oh, it doesn't look neat or yeah. something like that. And I'm just, just always... I think, you know, I I have sort of like wavy, curly hair. Like it does get to be, you know, a, a little bit like big if I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, paying attention to what it looks like. But nobody's ever made a comment like that to me. Yeah. So it's like, OK, I see what you're trying to say. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if we can just stop doing all of that full stop um, and then in master classes, you know, you can't yeah. you can't really um start launching into somebody's technique um i think you can you know you can say things like oh you might want to try this on the high see if that changes that high note a little bit what about this like you know but don't say anything that's so that can't be fixed within that five minutes they're there (laughs) and i think too like i've seen you know yeah it's i i truly have seen the, the worst one was a pianist friend of mine who you know, the instructor just said, well, I can't believe you're at this level and you haven't, you know, played whatever aria it was. Um, and then him being like, you need to go and play every aria from every aria book, you know. And yeah. I don't agree with that at all. I think like, you mm. know, just because somebody is new to this person was new to collaborative piano with an mm. opera singer. And so. You know, what is that person going to do? They're going to do something else, you know, like if if we really um, there's no point in not being encouraging, because I think like when I think about, you know, going to Cal State Long Beach, I remember Dr. Carney would always get his 490 students up and and be like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do for a living when you're done here? And I said, I'm going to perform. I'm going to sing. And he was like cool what else are you gonna do and I was like that's it Mm. um and at the time I was like what a jerk like how Mm. can he imply that I would never do anything except sing and like now looking back at it it makes me laugh so much because it was exactly what I needed to hear yeah but at the time of course I wasn't you know I didn't I didn't do anything with that information um I should have probably Mm -hmm. but I think um you know it was one of those things that it's kind of like if you don't if you tell someone like, hey, it's going to be really hard to build a career in music. If they really love it, they'll do it anyway. Yeah. Um, and I was one of those people. But, yeah, I wish I had listened to Dr. Carney. Yeah, he he no, was right. That um, uh, <laughs> I uh, had a previous guest, Paul Killian. We were talking about um, uh, fallbacks and how when I was I was 
uh, telling this anecdote about how um, when I was younger, a very good, well-meaning friend of mine, we were at like a career center. I already knew I wanted to do something with music. Um, I've done different different derivatives of music, but something with music. And she yeah. was just like, well, why don't you study this or that? You know, you're good at this and you, know, you need a fallback. You need a fallback. And then at that age, I was just like, screw that. Yeah, and, I know. And, you know, and actually, I kind of do believe when you're kind of acquiring your first passion to like go for that passion yeah but definitely to pay the bills and like have a roof over your head yeah it is good to have something and I prefer to not have something that's similar to music so my creative cognitive energy doesn't go to that and goes to like my art and um I found that um jobs that are non-career <laughs> tracked are like the best for me like waitressing yep. and the being a sub teacher if mm-hmm. you know you have a bachelor's and do you recommend any other um jobs I, that yeah. are good for opera if you're an opera singer um i've been a receptionist uh for a lot of different places and i do it's all temp work um Ooh. there there have been times where i've filled in for someone going on maternity or something like that nice. um i love reception um and i think it's it's like you have it, you know for me i don't have to use much of my skill set for it i yeah. i kind of like talking to strangers and but then i know that, I thought you have to conserve your voice well you know i've never found that it was too much to handle really okay. um like a lot of the time so much gets done by email now that the phone mm-hmm. calls aren't exactly um you know if you have a high call volume that's mm. that's a different thing i did yeah. do a job like that um during quarantine a customer service job and I found like that is not for me um, but it only because yeah it was a high volume of people that I was talking to so talk 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 all day long plus everybody that you talk to um, is irritated uh, you know it's just, I just was like okay customer service is not for me got yeah. it um, so yeah it's all trial and error I think and then mm-hmm. you know if you can do something coding um or doing any kind of web developing yeah do that because it's it's great and it's mobile you can do it from basically anywhere essentially anywhere um and i think too um i've done a lot of dog jobs like walking dogs bathing dogs um i work at a dog daycare sometimes um you know just like things like that um at the same time i do find you know the the more active jobs the more um even like hard physical labor i don't mind it so much if, if it's like you know reasonable and i can work my schedule and life around it um i've actually found that sometimes i prefer that but um yeah you have to i think weigh your options you know do something that you genuinely enjoy doing um because if you don't enjoy it it's like you'll quit you know like there's there's a lot of jobs out there um that you can get that you can get easily but that you might hate you know like i think you you'll do them for a couple of days and then you'll realize oh actually i hate this um Mm. but that's totally normal i think we (laughs) we sort of give ourselves a hard time as musicians because we're so used to you know making music um and and having that be our source of income um it's a huge adjustment to your identity when you're when you're Mm. not 
you know, making music for a living and your money is coming in from some other source, like, you know, I would get really depressed and think, oh, God, I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s. I'm a receptionist like this sucks. I've won. Look at all these awards I've won for singing opera. But no, you know, it's like you can't you can't get your head in that place. You have to just see it as a means to an end. You know, I'm doing this job so I can continue singing. That's like, you know, once you once you're in that place, um, Mm -hmm. really, you can do any job. I think it's just like you have to find something um, ideally that brings you joy and something that you can do remotely if possible. Those are yeah. two good options. No, that's um I'm so glad that you've mentioned that and because it's hard to not <laughs> like find yeah. validation with whatever kind of work you're doing to pay the bills. Yeah. Because I've definitely be, been in the position where it's like, okay, I've done this gig, have had these musical accomplishments or whatnot, but then I'd have friends that are around me who had you know, houses with white picket fences and a 401k and like vacation hours. And, and I was just like, man, like I, I really hope like we can make it and things work out. And then, um, I really love how you mentioned and that you're so courageous and vulnerable about talking about depression because I get all these highs from doing my art, but most of the time I'm depressed. (laughs) I just mask it. And so I wanted to ask you, um, okay. I haven't even like prepped this question in any way, but, but art seems to attract those Mm. who, who are sensitive, who have, um, who could have proclivities to having those highs and lows or just be depressed. And the art itself, just like the chaos Mm -hmm. that, um, that entails pursuing art. I think, I personally think it exacerbates those emotions. So I just wanted to know, like, like kind of encapsulating everything that you've mentioned, where it's like body positivity and mental Mm, health. Yeah. Like, what can you say to other artists who are out there who are just like, man, I'm just not talented. I love music, but I just I don't know. Or I would just say that, like, you're not alone. You know, I think that's the most important thing is that there's so many of us that feel that way. Um, and I'm literally talking to people recently in the last, you know, if anybody seems like they're kind of struggling in their, in their social media narrative, I will typically like reach out. What does that Um, look like by the way? I mean, it's like, to me, it's, you know, a a post that's like, no, a post that's like, oh, that's uh, that language is kind of sad or like, oh, like, you know, I haven't Mm. heard from this person in a while. I'm going to check in on that Mm. person. Um, which is just something I'll do if I feel like, you know, that that person has said something to me like, Hey, I struggle with this as well. I'm very open about it. If only because, um, it helps my mental health to be honest about it. It really does. Yeah. Like if yeah. I if I pretend like I'm not depressed, um, that's when I typically find myself feeling the most anxiety and pressure to put on a happy face for everybody around me, which I think is very much, um, you know, comes from my childhood. And like I played that role in my family of like mm. the clown who like kind of liven, you know, lightens the conversation, oh. makes things not so heavy all the time. Yeah. Um, and I'm I a, did that too. Yeah, I, like, I, it's my codependence kicking in. It's like because, the peacekeeping thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The mediator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as of recently, yeah. when people fight, even people I don't know fight, there's this huge 
um, desire yeah. to like mediate yeah. them. And I'm yeah. like, no, sit there, be yeah. uncomfortable in the awkwardness. <laughs> I think it's like, yeah, there. Yeah. That's that's the thing too. Getting getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is yeah. such a. I mean, I I think like God, I could really talk about mental health issues um, oh, me too. in, all day. in yeah. performers all day long because yeah. it's such a huge problem mm-hmm. and I think too there's a lot of my colleagues I think I've seen in the last oh, you know oh gosh in the last like year or so that have really struggled with their mental health who mm. are struggling with their mental health for the first time mm. um, because I think when you take away the the singer's ability to sing um, mm. we're not putting ourselves out into the world fully the way that we used to. And I'm using this language from this great production that Victory Hall Opera is doing called Unsung. Mm. Um, And basically singers just going through the mental health issues that come with not being able to sing, not being able to do the thing that you were trained to do. Um, And it happens to singers for a variety of different reasons. But most of it is that the career isn't linear. You know, everybody thinks it's just like, and you go rise up to the top and you're singing at the Met. But it's more like, you know, like there, there's no, you know, you'll have a period where yeah. you don't work for two years. But, but mm. then all of a sudden, like, you know, a, a change of leadership at a company, people want to hear you again. You know, you just never know what the industry is going to do. So you have to have that sort of. I realized at the beginning of 2020 that nobody else was going to deal with my mental health issues except me mm-hmm. and that I had to be the one <laughs> to yeah. take charge and really say to myself, you know, if I'm going to be projecting this kind of idea of, you know, being OK with myself, I also have to be OK with the fact that I don't necessarily have to sing all the time to be a successful opera singer none of us do um you know that world is gone now (laughs) like I think yeah maybe 20 years ago sure but now you know there there's no shortage of companies or places to sing for or people to sing for um same same for any instrumentalist really um you know and if you want to make a project happen you can make it happen. Um, yeah. You just have to, you know, dedicate yourself, put the time into it. But, um, yeah, just specifically going back to mental health things, I think, you know, so so many of us are, are prone to it. Mm-hmm. And so we go through these times where we're really productive and all of a sudden we're, we're doing a lot, you know. Yeah. And then we'll have slumps where we kind of fall off and it's like, oh, well, I had, you know, an episode and I kind of was stuck in bed for a couple of days. Um what I've learned is that I just learn to roll with those things and just let it happen. So if I'm feeling really bad for a couple of days, if I'm down, yeah, I'll just be down for a couple of days. And, you know, it's like typically mm. only happens when I'm not working. When I'm working, mm. I have this sort of um, this is why you should hire depressed people for every job in the world because we will always show up Um, because we're terrified of not showing up Yeah, um, because then someone will be like, it's your mental health. Um, And so I think when you have that kind of hanging over you, it's like, it makes you more reliable because you're constantly worried. Like if you tell someone you have depression, like just wait for them to, you know, 
use that against you in some way. Um, So I think like, yeah, like you're preemptively giving them something to attack you on. (laughs) Exactly. So it's like, I just try not to do it. Um, But yeah, at the same time, um, you know, I think you just have to get to that place in yourself where you are kind of like, you know, some days are going to feel better than others. I've, I've learned that definitely in quarantine. Like I'll have a couple of days where, you know, everything's great you know for some reason I'm feeling really good like feeling really positive and optimistic and then some days I don't and that's okay too you know like some days I feel like everything is terrible and it's like some days everything is terrible you know like (laughs) I think gosh January 6th right like that was one of the those days where I was just like okay this is a terrible day like I'm just gonna go home um you know and be sad um and I think when I give myself the space to do that I inevitably end up feeling a lot better in the long run because I'm not denying myself sort of the ability to feel my feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, I think as women, especially we get gaslit about our feelings a lot. So it helps a lot to just be like, no, I feel bad. I'm going to, you know, feel bad until I don't feel bad anymore. Like that's really, that's really all it is. Um, and then just like cutting yourself some slack, you know, nobody's perfect. Um, yeah, all of us musicians are are struggling and and yeah. you know, I think it'll it'll get better. Um it always does get better. I think that is like depression will lie to you and say you're always going to feel this way. Um mm. and so when I catch myself getting in that sort of cycle of negative thought, I'll just be like, "No, no, no, depression is a big liar." Um, and it tells you, you know, <laughs> you, you're going to feel this way for a really long time. Um, yeah. and so I think part of that comes from me, you know, my, my first onset of depression was in high school. So mm. I've just been de- dealing yeah. with it for a long time. And I think yeah. the more I deal with it, the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, this is a little hack for my depression. Like if I get outside, it's 100% will, will lift my mood. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes um, if I force myself to like go out and actually see people when I'm feeling very, very depressed, um, it can actually like really, it has sort of a domino effect in other areas of my life. It gets me excited about things. So I've just learned like, okay, this is what works for me. And yeah, I think that's like, that's great. It it applies to every aspect of being a musician, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, Now, speaking of things being better and believing things will be better you've got things <laughs> yeah. uh, lined up if you can please mention um a couple gigs you want to promote and yeah. um, where can people find you well you can find me at my website it's marina-harris.com mm-hmm. that's a pretty easy way um i'm pretty big on instagram and not very good with facebook and twitter so <laughs> you can find me at marina sings on all of those things but um, okay. it's definitely a good way to to keep in touch um i'm going to boston to do a production of Wagner's early opera Das Liebesverbot with the Cambridge Chamber Ensemble mm-hmm. in May. So I'm very excited about that. Possibly. Um, and that's and that's live in person. It's not in person. We're doing um, we're we're all quarantining. Pardon my mm-hmm. <laughs> um, tongue tongue tied. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so we're all quarantining. 
then um, there's no live audience, so it's all filmed. Oh, it's all okay. it's all a virtual production. Um, and then in theory, um, I'm supposed to sing Tosca in two productions of Tosca okay. this summer that I'm waiting to hear about okay. whether they'll be happening happening or not. And then in the fall, I go to Germany to do auditions and wow. a series of recitals that I plan. Why, so. why Germany? Is it like the hub of opera that extends throughout all Europe? It's pretty much the only country that you can make your living singing in as an Ooh. opera singer anymore. Um, okay. you, you know, you can kind of try to do it here, which is what I do, but it's tough. Okay. Like, unless you're really a, a voice part that is needed. So like a bass, um, tenors, they always need tenors. Mm-hmm. Mezzos, not as much, but more so than sopranos. Okay. Um, so really, you know, to be a, a, a soprano who's working constantly, you do sort of need to um, be heading to Germany every once in a while. Um, and I was supposed to go last year. And of course, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so now, all yeah, right, it's a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Ho- hopefully all that stuff will happen. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm so grateful that you have me here today and yes. talk about all this stuff. Oh, no, it's been so <laughs> wonderful. And I, I get, you know, teary eyed. And, you know, um, there's so much more that uh, Marina has to say. You can always just check out her posts and read um, a wonderful article about her on World Musician Press. She provides a lot of stories um, and um, and resources. And, yes. and she really just wants to help other people. Um, so true. thank you so much. Thank well, you thank for coming you. on. Oh, and- yeah. We'll have to do this again. I'm <laughs> yes, sure we sure. could do a whole other episode, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Be, like, yeah, it yeah, still wouldn't I be can- enough. <laughs> what is the... Oh, Kelly Gapora says this in the office, and she says, I talk a lot, so I've learned to tune myself out. That <laughs> is me, 100%. Like, I just, like... And I, it's, you know, to a fault, but I also mm. feel like... Um, in 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 the long term people like it because you know if i have something to say i'll say it yeah. um i think that's like one of the reasons that people should hire me honestly is because you're you're better you're better suited to um somebody who's who's actually going to give you their real opinion than who's just going to say oh yeah everything's great um you know it's like we don't want to work with those people in sort of business settings so why do we want that in our performers um but yeah i think definitely um thank you for yeah letting me (laughs) say things so this is um marina harris the voice of harmony dissonance and truth thank you guys for tuning in if you or someone you know is struggling for mental health or substance use, you can call SAMHSA's National Helpline at 1-800-662-4375. SAMHSA is a Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. This helpline provides 24-hour free and confidential treatment referral and information about mental and substance use disorders, prevention and recovery, and English and Spanish. Welcome to our surprise segment. Now it's time for a visit from Madame Pepe. Welcome to Tarot Time. You can call to me, Madame Pepe, and I am in this place to show you the good fortunes of our guests. Uh, what I do, I summon the informations combined with cards, and so you and our guests can receive learnings. Okay, let's go. Okay, I'm going to shuffle. Now we have here the intuitions for, oh, Marina Harris. 
Okay, let's see what we can find for Marina. Okay. Oh my goodness, the Empress. This is a great card. This is like the Queen of Queens, okay? Her dominion is wide and wow, very powerful. Okay, well, what does this to mean? For our listeners who cannot see the cards, um, basically, we have a beautiful woman on a throne on robes she is also decorated herself in a wonderful dress uh, she is holding a wand or some kind of scepter um, and she has a wreath on her head or garland of some kind and she's behind her is this lush forest with this flowing river stream and in front of her is this field of wheats and oats and just ready to be harvested okay so this is is all about abundance, contentment, and happiness. Um, maybe fertility. I don't know what your plans are, Marina. But um, anyway, this is all very good things. I very much like this card for you. And it looks just like you. Okay, see there? Very little people have such talent for opera singing like you. And you have a voice off the stage as well. And you know, uh, from your talk, I know that you've had such hard difficult times and just know that those days w will not be forgotten but they will be behind you and that just keep doing what you're doing and inspiring others with your work on and off the stage okay so marina if you're listening i want to suggest to you to keep taking care of yourself and with your art you can help take care of others okay and you will bring lots of prosperity to you and your family okay <laughs> Well, that's it. I enjoy very much to bring you good news and fortunes. Uh, thank you for visiting Madame Pepe. Um, well, okay, no more. See you soon. Very good. Bye now. Marina-Harris.com Now this is part two of the segment Music Retrospective, where we will explore the songs of Glass Spirits. With my co-host, Coco from San Diego, I'll be recounting the experiences I had with the people who have inspired these songs, the song's conception, and the aftermath of letting these people know I wrote a song about them. Many of these stories are very embarrassing, but I hope they give a little insight into the mind of an artist. Coco and I discuss behaviors that stem from anxiety, substance use, and actions that can be considered to be maladaptive behaviors, including self-harm. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. All right. Um, okay, and then on the count of three, we'll both say happy International Women's Day. Okay. One, two, three. Happy, happy International, International Women's Day. <laughs> <laughs> What day was that? It was, it was March 18th. <laughs> it's so dumb. Yeah, okay. The wardrobe change. Yeah. And the thing is, is when I filmed it, I was heavier. So, <laughs> yeah, I hope no one notices. Here we go. One, two, three. Happy <laughs> International <laughs> Women's Day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why this is cracking me up so much. Oh. Okay. <laughs> what if we alternate? You say happy, I say international. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. Happy International <laughs> Women's Day. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> okay. 
We're try we can do this. I believe in us. Okay. <sighs> okay, think about dying animals or something. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Happy, Happy International, International Women's, Women's Day. Day. Welcome to Pepe and Ibra's new segment called Music Retrospective. Uh, it's where we'll be talking about the songs of Glass Spirits and the stories and the people behind them. Um, I have with me here a very special guest. Uh, she's a musician, a yoga instructor, a crafty person, an all-around creative individual. She is Coco from San Diego. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, very kind. Yeah. Um, all right. So, well, first, I'll kind of let the audience know. Usually after our guests in an episode, we have an after show where Abe and I talk about, you know, our guests or certain things that are happening in our band. And for those of you who have been following our podcast, um, Abe's wife, uh, Sue, has passed away a few months ago. And so um, he has is still in the process of grieving. And, um, you know, he has just been burnt out and doesn't want to do the podcast anymore, at at least at this point. Mm -hmm. And so that's absolutely fine. And I respect that. And um, he started off doing the podcast as a way to distract him at first, but now um, in, you know, with certain holidays coming up, Mm -hmm. um, have brought back memories of um, him and his wife, like Valentine's Day, um, her birthday, and then um, what will be coming up is Mother's Day and Abe's birthday. So just major events in their lives, which he, you know, won't be sharing with her mm-hmm. anymore. And it's um, they've been they've been together for thirty seven years. So um, yeah, uh, so you know, we're all wishing the best for Abe and um, his grieving and uh, I hope he can you know grieve in peace and um yeah so uh, luckily you know some very good friends have stepped in stepped up and so yeah thanks so much for subbing for Abe and being down to start this new segment with us now I'll just talk about finally we're here now it's 2021 something happens where I just kind of throw caution to the wind. Yeah. I got mad and then I was just like, fuck it. I'm just gonna send I'm just I'm just gonna send all these songs to guys who didn't know that these songs were about them. So um in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty one. This this happened kind of recently. Okay. So okay. with a deified guy, he oh. has the I've always it's always graded my soul that he had this bad version of You're the like, song. You need the better one. I want to give him the better one. So I find his website. I find his email. <laughs> I am not crazy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, he's easy to find because he's yeah. kind of he's like well known yeah. in his industry. Okay. So I find his website. I find his email, and I, I write him a very short message. I say, I said, hey, glad you're doing really well, mm-hmm. um, and that um, it always bothered me. I know this seems random, but it always bothered me that you had a bad version of Deified. Huh. And Attached is a hopefully better version that I'm doing with my awesome bandmate and awesome band, Glass Spirits. And, uh. and I just attached the song. And 
Yeah, and that's it. And he hasn't written back. And he's like, uh, <laughs> he's like, where did I follow you in the bathroom? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's that. And I just kind of didn't care about a response anyway because I'm not. Yeah, you just wanted to. You just were upset that he had the bad version. Yeah, for sure. And um, you know, and if he's listening to this podcast, you're more than welcome to you know send feedback about it. I I welcome it, whatever. So um, anyway, so the next one, the something unspoken guy. I I mean, as far as I know, I don't know what kind of business he's in. So I just mm-hmm. found his uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. I. Um, made a friend request. He hasn't accepted my friend request. So I sent a message because mm-hmm. I don't think he knows me by my stage name. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I sent a message, which I don't think was read. So, so. I tried with him. But and he might just be, not be on Facebook. That's true. A lot of people are I'm just not. have mm. accounts but never log in. Yeah. So, um, and that's fine. Or if, even if he didn't want me as a friend, that's fine too. Uh, like, I just want you to have the better song. <laughs> I wanted him to have an updated version of the song. Yeah. I kind of like the old version, but this one's just more who you know. are now. Like, well, not necessarily, but it's just an, a different version. Okay, you know, because I was just on the roll. I was in a bad mood, mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay, I'm just gonna send these. To, yeah. I just I felt like crazy. The, yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to blow off some steam. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, Charlize. Okay. okay, so I add this guy as a friend. And then he's just like, hey, long time no talk. And then I was like, and then I I was busy that day and and I wasn't able to chat. Uh So like I left a few messages like, hey, you know, I wrote this when I met you. Um, Oh, he didn't ever know about the song. He didn't ever know about the song. Because you didn't do that whole like artsy, um, (laughs) like brick wall. Yeah, I didn't. (laughs) So, um, and so I didn't have a CD or anything to, to give him like an MP3. Mm-hmm. So now we're in year 2021. Uh-huh. What do I do? What do you I, do? I give him a link to the Spotify. <laughs> Please like, and subscribe. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, I changed some things around, but I pretty much, you know, wrote this after I met you. And, um, yeah. And, Sorry, and here's also I, I, a link to the video. <laughs> no, I didn't link, link the video at all. Oh my god, um, it, weird. That's that would be odd. That would I don't know. That's well. Even, so, anyways, that's, even that's even weird to me. So, at least you know he just listens to the song. What I care about is just like the song, really, yeah. at this yeah. point. So then, um, <clears throat> I then I felt regretful. Like I was like, fuck. Like, I'm not so much regretful, but I was just like, man, I didn't really want to reach out to this guy anymore like i just you were done i was just like kind of mentally done with everything i mean i wish him the best i wish him well and if he's listening to this i wish you well but it's just it's just you closed that chapter yeah and it was just like a time in my life that was just so chaotic Mm -hmm. and i was just in a different headspace and i would just rather not think about anything that happened around that time and Mm -hmm. so i just like yeah did you um, send him the link and like unfriend him? I sent him the link and then I, I oh my gosh. I if this is like really cringe, I can edit this out. Yeah. But um so I basically like un 
sent all the messages. You can do that? <laughs> yeah, you can do that. <laughs> unsend is it only if they didn't read it or you can unsend even once? i can unsend even after they read it and then they'll, uh, they'll get a notification that says deleted unsent or deleted yeah so then so he he, he already saw everything and, and then he took, like, it like, I took it out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that kind of weird well i mean did he like so then did he ever respond back uh no he didn't respond back so because yeah. i feel like he probably like thinking about like He's like, why is she reaching out to me? Maybe oh. she thinks about me. I don't know. It's just like for on his end. Oh, you know, I kind of wrote that like I really don't care about like rekindling anything. Oh, well, I didn't say it in that way, but I was just like, I look back at those memories, um, like, and everything was just kind of amusing to me, and it is in a way amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like when I actually like recounted it, some of it mm. to you off air, like some of it was not. Yeah. <laughs> and like, re- you and don't want to go back to it. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. I just have like a warped sense of, of experience, I guess. As my yeah. mom likes to say, um, my mind is warped and my world is upside down. <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did it's, she say um, that in Tagalog? Or she she says, says it in Tagalog. And it's, yeah. it's so much funnier when it's in Tagalog. Yeah, so. yeah I can... Yeah. And she's <laughs> probably really passionate about it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. Uh, moving on. Okay, Lovesick Love already has that. Mm-hmm. He already has a song and I've never talked to him ever again. And it's... Um, a live version is on Spotify, but um, we do, and a soft version is on our CD, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, it's not on, the real version is not on Spotify yet. Okay. It will be. Okay. Now, Mexican Baby, Mexican Baby, mm-hmm. um, like, he found me on Facebook. Oh, he found you. Yeah. And he was like blowing up my facebook messenger like crazy how long ago was that this was in 2017 okay and um he missed you (laughs) well the thing is is that i found out later he lives he had novia (laughs) 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 he ended up living on a street called joanne oh no so like yeah i mean hey i didn't put a gun to his head telling him where to live you know sounds but he, a little weird yeah <laughs> so but he decided to live there you know i had nothing to do with yeah, it yeah. so but um, he, he lived there he lived there and i guess it just reminded uh every day every day <laughs> of me every day and then he was like he was all like why didn't you you know reach out to me and i was like i did and then you didn't want to have anything to do with me and so we didn't we we had a very passionate um kind of interaction (laughs) as um you know a filipino and mexican can um so yes lots of passion oh yeah and so um and so he we got back together briefly, or at least in his eyes. I wasn't mentally there yet. I was just kind of like, let's test the waters. Yeah, uh. I was. I wanted to check it out because he kept showing me pictures of like his meditation space and oh, like his he... crystals, and I was like, whoa, he is the last person on earth I would. How this happen? To to get crystals because yeah. he was, he seemed like maybe he changed. Okay. And so I was like, okay. okay, I'll check this out. And so, and, and there's a lot of things that were more mature about him, but I just, 
yeah, I just wasn't interested anymore. Sorry if you're no, he wouldn't listen to this. <laughs> but sorry. So <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, I I wish all my ex exes and ex interactions well, but yeah, it's just what's done, it's done, yeah. right? And so the thing is, is that I was never able to give him the song because of the way that we split. It was just so explosive (laughs) and so so finally um when we did when we were kind of reconciled briefly um i was able to give him like a cd here you go yeah and so um i videotaped him like listening to it (laughs) like a reaction like reaction um no well i told him i was like okay i'm gonna like videotape you i want to see your reaction on my cell phone yeah yeah and then um, what was his reaction and he really liked it and he oh. was just like yeah he was just like thank you baby oh. and so <laughs> yeah and i have it um because i'm psycho and i keep everything no. um so yeah so that's that mm-hmm. oh my god you know what i just realized what i'm like mm. oh my god what are- okay because i actually did research okay. on this person okay okay this is not going to put me in a good light, but it might be educational. Yeah. So I'm willing to do things for education. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, all all these trinkets kind of, um, it, they kind of remind me of, um, I was watching this documentary on the Unabomber. <laughs> <laughs> they remind you of the Unabomber. Because, okay, the Unabomber, okay, um, has has issues with abandonment okay and you know what okay hey yeah Mm -hmm. i'll I'll just see where this goes and um so he sends these packages to people and they're very Mm. unique intricate packages and specific for those people specific for those people like it's very complicated to talk Mm. about the unabomber because there's all these documentaries about him but basically you know he he has these issues he plans things out really well Mm -hmm. um you know, I'm obviously like not killing anyone with packages, but I would say I'm the love song Unabomber. You're the love song. I feel like you're better than that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you drop you drop songs, not bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes, but um, I mean that's uh, so catchy. But I wouldn't. Mm-hmm commodify that because yeah, yeah. i empathize or sympathize with the crazy. victims of the unabomber but yeah. um but yeah so you're th- just saying you're detailed and detailed you're, and you're thoughtful to who you're providing the music to and how you provide it yes and that's yes. why like it's hard for you to give something just randomly like you with like mexican baby you couldn't just not give him something so you just didn't at the initial time like i mean ideally um it would have been nice i I wasn't in the position to like get any of these people Mm -hmm. to like go to a concert hall where i can perform these things Mm -hmm. you know i wasn't in that position to like provide those opportunities so i could i could only like record and like send it to them you Mm -hmm. know and it would be ideal to just you know play the song as perfectly as possible at the at the height of like me were. liking them mm-hmm. and hopefully them liking me too yeah. <laughs> like to like to really um 
express my affection accurately but yeah i just wasn't able to and actually um i'll mention something about mm. what an ex you know okay you know him really well huh? okay so um he's someone i live with okay you know what you know who yeah, that is? I okay do. Look at him. so someone i lived with for three years mm -hmm. um i'm not gonna say when mm -hmm. but um <sighs> yeah uh that's a long time. Yeah. So there's a song. Mm -hmm. I might change the song title, but the, um, it has been previously. It's a very long song. It's mm. the like the long piano song. Okay, you know it, right? Oh. Okay. And it's one that I performed with Psycho Bitch. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Uh, I wrote it when I was... I wrote part of it. Or I wrote most of... No, no. I, yeah, I wrote it when I was in the hospital. Okay. And... <laughs> <laughs> and so he so visited recovering. me uh, yeah he visited mm. me in the hospital and were um, you guys together at that time or you had broken up we had broken up okay and then um <laughs> and then so then he when i went back home he still visited me mm -hmm. and then i was just so out of it yeah. i was like really sedated and mm -hmm. then my face was really swollen yeah and then i the medication yeah, just oh, everything. Like, like I, life. Yeah. <laughs> and then my eyes. Like, I couldn't open my eyes. And so then I had this electric piano mm -hmm. with me. And I had, like, the the roots of the songs. Yeah. Or, like, the bare bones of the songs. And then, like, it just... Um, I was only able to play, like, the dark part of the song. Actually, the first part... Okay. Well, the first part of the song is a very romantic, loving part. And mm -hmm. I wrote it... When I was getting together with him. It's like the beginning. And, yeah. And he... Everything's beautiful. The amazing. thing is, is that, like, um, he was very depressed at the time. Mm -hmm. So I played it for him. Like, on... Oh, he was depressed at the time that you played it for him. Yeah, he, he was going through depression. Mm -hmm. And and then he was like, oh, that's nice. And... <laughs> And that just like really shot my self-esteem. Yeah. You already have, I mean, yeah, you've, in the history of all your songs, you've kind of <laughs> proven that. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. It's a lot to put yourself out there, though. Yeah. And then I was like. And you oh, did this fuck. live? No, like, no, no. All, I, I, I haven't listened to a CD. Okay, okay. And just then, a portion of yeah, song. I mean, later I found out that he, like, really liked it and but thought he it was just... amazing. But he wasn't in the mindset to receive and mm. and understand the song. Yeah. So anyways, so I wrote the second half of the song, the darker part, um, when I was in the hospital. And mm -hmm. then I came out and I was, like, so f inspired and full of ideas, right? And um, then... So he came over and I was like, you, and I called him, I called him and I was like, you gotta hear this, this Other song, part. the the second part that I wrote. And, um, so, uh. Did you know that he liked the first part at that yeah, point? Yeah, he, he, oh, he, okay. he, he liked the first part. No, you knew that then. Yeah. Okay. And then, and so I, I could not, like, I was not, because I was like sedated and mm -hmm. swollen, I wasn't able to like physically you play. Yeah. So oh. I, I just played like four notes. Oh my um, gosh. Da -na -na -na. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, and then I was just playing it really, really bad, really mm -hmm. bad. Mm -hmm. And then I only played like one minute because that, that's all I was able to physically do. And then yeah. I got tired. Yeah. And then he was like, um, yeah, I mean, I like the music. I don't really like the lyrics. <laughs> 
was just kind of bad. So this is round two of you letting him hear the song. Yeah. But it was like the, the different part. Well, yeah, the, the lyrics were quite dark. Okay. So um, I was like, okay, whatever. And then, like, I cleaned myself up. I, like, finished my semester of school. And then I went to England, you know. Okay. So, yeah. Um, that was that. I, I didn't really want to mention this song because, you know, I'm not playing this song with Glass Spirits, but it, it kind of... I wanted to mention it because it was a song that I finally performed for a person live. Yeah. But then I performed it really, really bad. And so, mm-hmm. however... You weren't in a good headspace. Yeah. I came back... Epilogue. I came back from England. Uh, oh. Was this after you... So was this your first time to England or a second time? After my first time to England. Okay. I spent the summer here. Oh. Um, oh, and actually before I left... Mm-hmm. Some bitch at a party was flirting with him. And, you know. Bitch. Um, well, we weren't together, so it didn't matter. No, I know, and but I didn't so... care because I was already, my mind was already, like, going to England. You yeah, know, you were we in different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah. Still, um, but so some. But she was, like, all up on his jock and shit. And he like, was like, yeah, ah. Her face was, like, totally punchable. But, anyways. Um, uh, and I do not condone violence. So no. just yeah, Th- only when are... somebody's face is totally punchable, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then it's fine. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. So he was having a party. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know she was just like all smiling, free and, spirit, like, and all like like looking at him, and uh-huh. I was just like, okay, bitch, like, you don't even know. Day, on this continent, peace out for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. Let me have my moment, my last moment with him. And so, um, yeah, I had my last time with him. Okay. <laughs> During that party? Yeah. You know, I mean, went to his room and... Oh, okay. Yeah, and then, like, oh, yeah, because I was just, like, so annoyed. Because, you know, like, when when you're connected with someone then you have like a sixth sense if like someone likes him or whatever yeah. it's, it's it's not like a okay yeah, yeah instinct it's like a certain energy yeah, like you you can pick up on it yeah mm-hmm. you pick up on it right yeah and so i was like fuck this bitch like, so I'm like a... i hooked up with him and i just like m- you know marked my territory all over him and just so you know <laughs> yeah my scent was all oh, over yeah, him yeah yeah so you get to smell me if you smell him <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> <laughs> so there's her cherubness yeah yeah so um <laughs> uh yeah okay so so then because the reason why i mentioned this bitch um was that i came back from england uh-huh. and then they had been dating so oh. she was like she's like I, have, I remarked him <laughs> <laughs> well you'll see what happens you'll okay, see okay um so I was kind of like already over him at this point. Yeah. yeah, I've had my adventures in England. I came back. Different person. Um reinforced, mm-hmm. strong. Independent. Independent. Yes. Um risen from the ashes. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then I was just like, hey, um, I'm doing an open mic. Uh-huh. You know, come check it out. Um, just like you know, I'll play mm-hmm. the song about you. And by that, okay. So when I lived in England, I had, um, in Bristol, I had a host family. Mm-hmm. I was so lucky mm-hmm. that they had a grand piano. Okay, wow. And so I was able to learn play. and practice piano. That's wow. where I learned how to play, uh, learn to arrange and play Deified for Piano and Silver Bullet Suite. Wow. So, yeah, um, I came back 
and I was like, I love my skills. Yeah, because like before, I was just like, yeah, it was awful. But now I can like finally like play with more fluency and stuff, and you know, I'm not like a professional by any means. Or yeah, but you dabble. I dabble, right? I dabble in my rock band professionally in my rock band. But anyways, so um. Yeah, and so I invited him over um, to to see um, this open mic, uh. and so, um, and then he just uh, he arrives with his girlfriend because um, she he um, broke his leg. Oh no! And she had to drive him <laughs> to your show. Yeah. <laughs> Did she remember you? Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! yeah. Oh, How yeah. do you forget you? <laughs> <laughs> well, because the thing was, oh, should I? He, she was mad at him because while I was in England, he was writing letters to me. Oh, and then she was getting mad at him, like, why aren't you writing letters to me? And he's just like, I don't love you. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Probably. Um, well, but why would he write letters if they live in the same? area yeah no exactly and she was just like getting jealous or whatever yeah. and well it is weird for him to write you letters when he has a girlfriend <sighs> i guess so i mean yeah that so, is his bad <laughs> yeah oh uh, i mean you know i just but, i was you know thousands yeah. of miles away yeah. i figured why not no, no, harm no, is gonna yeah, come yeah. to me that's on all on him yeah no know? it's on him that's... yeah so anyways so yeah like things were perfect with them you yeah. know from the get-go and so then she's well yeah <laughs> so she drives him to my show and then and I did she this... know she was driving him to your show I, yeah she knew and so and Why so would then because <laughs> he really wanted to go and he hasn't seen me in a year right yeah but i would be like get get another driver <laughs> And so, well, I don't know. Maybe she wanted to just like she watch to, us. She wanted to okay. keep an eye on us. You know, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Well, I, know, I, wasn't, her territory. I wasn't gonna do anything. Yeah, no, 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 I know, I know. Yeah. But I'm just that's an odd thing to do, like <laughs> as a girlfriend when you don't when you don't like like yeah. Because I'm pretty like, sure she didn't like you. <laughs> like, like kind of like masochistic. Yeah. In a way. Like let me see right. what he does. Yeah. <laughs> so um. Yeah. So basically, um, I I performed. I did like a pretty good job, or at least I remember doing a pretty good job. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I go up to him afterwards, like, okay. he'd be like proud of me and stuff. And then he looked like kind of upset and stuff. I was oh. like, oh, okay. And guess it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. And well, I mean, he like, yeah, he looked a little teary eyed. I was like, oh, hmm, okay. And then he was just chatting with me and stuff. And then um, his girlfriend was just like it was just so weird when i was just it's talking awkward. to him normally she just kept like kissing him while she was talk he was talking to me but not acknowledging you yeah it's like she would she would be like oh good job but then she like, would, like, ah. like kiss him like trying to like mark her territory yeah. she's, like, she's like i know what you did <laughs> And so it was just really awkward and unnecessary. And he's teary-eyed. It was teary-eyed. Um, it was, yeah. Did he say anything? And then he was just like, oh, yeah, it was a good job. And you're, I think he was, he said maybe my piano playing improved and stuff like that. Okay. So, um, yeah. And then um, I was only in California or, or the U.S. for like a small amount of time. Oh, and then we made plans to get coffee, you know, mm -hmm. like properly. And then. 
And then he had to cancel. And then I was like, oh, because it's not like him to like cancel. Yeah. And um, he's like, I'm really sorry, but my girlfriend's really jealous. And um, I was like, I oh, well, I mean, I understand, but. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't tell her that we're just friends and she can even come too. Mm. And then, and he was just like, well, things aren't great right now. And I'm like, oh, okay. And oh. he was like, and then he said, mm-hmm. basically, like she got really, really mad at him because on the, on the way home from the show, yeah. he, he broke down crying. And about um, the song. Yeah, about the song. And, um, yeah, and and then she was like really mad, and she was like, "Why did she have to play that song?" And and he was like, "Well, she's a musician, and that's what she does." And so, yeah, and she's not a musician. Yeah, and or... so and after that, like they broke up mm-hmm. and stuff. I mean, eventually, not necessarily because right of that after. incident. But I mean, they weren't dating that long then, like at least a year, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, that was. <laughs> I don't know why that was. Oh yeah, I mentioned that because I finally performed that song for properly him. for 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 like live. someone live for someone, and well, that's yeah. And the reaction was real, and I got their genuine reaction. So that was that was good. I mean, I didn't want him to suffer no. in any way or his relationship to suffer. So maybe that was. I'm not saying that's my bad on my part. If he had any inkling that he would feel that way then maybe he shouldn't have come yeah. to watch it there's a lot of emotion there like you guys were together for three years yeah and when you live with someone yeah, it's, it's different magnified. Yeah. it's magnified it's like you're you've been together for like long, for six long. years yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so you went um, through a lot oh yeah and so i sure. think he probably rem- remembered all that for sure mm-hmm. and um yeah he uh um I, I guess, like, my, the whole point of mentioning this is, is, like, as an artist, you mm-hmm. want, whether it's, like, playing your music on a CD, on nice speakers, in a quiet environment, mm-hmm. to your subject, that's ideal. And if you're a performer, to perform your best in front of the subject, mm-hmm. um, that's ideal. Because sending someone a link to like the song on Spotify. It's just so anticlimactic, you know, well, and you have no, you don't know what their reaction is going to be. I mean, it's nice to know a reaction, you yeah. know, for a song that you sing hundreds of times. It is, you, you do get curious, but I've developed, I've known just to not rely on it or mm-hmm. expect on getting any kind of validation from it. Because at that point I didn't, I stopped liking these, they were these, these people like way after mm-hmm. you know so so um so when we were in paris there was this guy right Wojciech. um did you ever write a song about him like oh shit we're, we don't mention their names oh sorry so okay we... hold, on, hold, on, hold on it's uh, i don't okay what do we call him okay um but yeah let's come up with a name from him because we met him in paris but he's from Poland. So mm-hmm. the guy, okay, the guy from Poland. Uh, let's call him a Polish name. Hold on, hold on. Um, Piotr. 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 I don't know Polish. <laughs> Neither do I. Um, okay. Oh, that's too hard. Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> French Pierre. <laughs> well, well, but he's Piotr. Okay. Pier- How do you say it? 
Piotr. Piotr. Pio. And then Tr. Piotr. Yeah. Okay, okay. It's not even his name and we're like focusing on it too much. Okay, you know what? He's, um, it's okay. We can call him Wojciech. Or we can... It's No, no, no. It's okay because he'll never... He's really old timey. He'll never listen to this podcast. Okay. He just, cause he, cause last How time. How about he, Mr. Check? <laughs> no, that's kind of weird. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, let's boy check. Boy check is fine. Okay, so yeah, he. I'm pretty sure he won't listen to this. Okay, and there's tons of boy checks in um in Poland. Yeah, yeah. It's like a very common name. It's basically the equivalent of George. Okay. Yeah. So. So let's um, call him George. Yeah, that sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> but you you're doing so good calling him Wojciech. So let's call him Wojciech. Well, the thing is is I don't have a song about him. Okay, see the, the thing is is I'm able to write these songs when there there's a quote. I I can't bring up the quote. I don't remember who it's by. Maybe I'll like have a lower third graphic or something. Uh. But it's about it's from this author. When you write your first line, you need to you need to also be ready to write the last line. And so I knew that instinctively. Mm-hmm. And so when I write these songs, it's like I know how the story ends, even if like I self-sabotage, uh-huh. you know, my chances with these people by kind of manifesting a negative destiny um, without them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you're asking if I wrote a song about Wojciech and I haven't. Um, even though I've had like one of the most craziest experiences with him mm-hmm. and you were there. Yes. You were there to witness it all. Yes. It was a, it was, it was a wild beginning or <laughs> it was d- different. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I was, this was 2008. I yes. was studying abroad in England. Mm-hmm. You were studying abroad in Italy. Mm-hmm. Then we had winter break. So it was 2007, 2008. Just to. Oh, okay. Because okay. it was like the New Year's, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, yeah. And so we decided to meet up in, in Paris. Because it's the most romantic place. Yes. And so we spent five days mm-hmm. in Paris. And uh-huh. well, then we went to Versailles, which wasn't uh, in Paris. But, yeah. um, but it was, it was just a day trip. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so on day two and three i think it was new year's eve uh-huh. and um and so like we went to the eiffel tower uh-huh and then there's all these fucking couples like together yeah, everywhere. Was, and then and we're we, just us <laughs> yeah we were just both like single uh-huh like lurking yeah. and um so then we come across this park bench mm-hmm. with these um with these with these two guys yeah so i talked to one uh-huh. And you talk to the other. Yes. Yeah. And then I was talking to one of them for a while. Uh-huh. He's a really nice guy and yeah. no offense to him or anything, but I just was like, uh-uh. not feeling it. Not today. It. I, I was not <laughs> feeling it. And I was like, man, you know, like, uh, no, like Next. this is New Year's Eve. Like, so then I told him, hold on. And I need to talk to you. Uh. So I went up to- <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so I go up to you, and I wasn't. I was like, whatever, talking to the other guy. And, I'm, uh-huh. and so I was like, um, 
we, we need to like have a change of plan here. Let's switch. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> you with me? And I was like, sure. Okay. <laughs> and it was good switch. Well, I mean, I wasn't really interested either. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, no, I was, I mean, I, it didn't matter. <laughs> and so. Uh, the poor other guy. <laughs> yeah, well. Because I don't think I was like, I'm like, I'm not kissing you either. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so then I was happy with the switch. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, okay. He's this, cute. He's cute. Oh, he's tall. No. Oh, you know, there was something I kept asking both of them that you said was really funny that you listened to oh. me later. The first guy, I oh. was like. Asking about okay, because these these Polish guys, yeah. they're Polish guys that were volunteering themselves for the French army, mm-hmm. and so I was asking about the training, yeah. like what kind of training they would have. You know, uh-huh. if they had like boot camp, and so I said to the first guy, I was just like, "Oh, okay, so you must be really fit." <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so when we switched, um, I was talking to Wojciech again, and uh-huh. he was just like. But you switched with him, yeah. Yeah, and I was, and then he talked about training too, and I was like, "Oh, you must be really fit." <laughs> and, and you pointed it out to me later. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's oh what God. I was taking note of. Yeah, and then you can see how much pe- attention I was paying to the other guy. <laughs> you both of them. Both. I was like, I'm want to hear about her. <laughs> so, um, oh my God, yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. I like. Wojciech and uh-huh. I felt comfortable with him and I was uh-huh. like I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to kiss this guy um at midnight uh-huh. under the Eiffel Tower right uh-huh. and so and I was just like oh you know can you take a picture of me under the Eiffel Tower and, uh-huh. and he was like okay and then so we go to the Eiffel Tower and then we take pictures uh-huh. <laughs> so romantic and then so while we were looking over at our pictures that we took and he was next to me and um oh i um i like give him like a really quick kiss uh-huh. you know and and then and then he kissed me back oh and then like we made out after that yeah and so then we came back uh-huh. to you guys just like holding, uh <laughs> and we were like holding hands and embracing and stuff uh-huh. and so yeah and then we just talked for hours and then yeah i think we kissed at midnight and uh-huh. stuff yeah and so and it, was, and it was really nice. We like talked for a long time, and then I guess when I um, we had someone take a picture of us, and so Wojciech put his arm around me, Aww. and then his friend put his arm around you. Oh, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> I I know that picture. I'm like, do not. <laughs> I'll um I'll put it on the um the video podcast. Oh. <laughs> You were such a good wing woman. I tried. You, you wing woman. Oh, you winged for me twice. Yeah. You're so good. I was like, she wants this. <laughs> I mean, in that case, I like switch guys. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Which one do you want? <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh my god. And so they were on their way to part of a part of France that was far, and then we had to we exchanged emails. And honestly, I thought I'd never see him again. Yeah. And then uh, we finished our trip in Paris. Mm-hmm. You went back to Italy. I went back to England. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll go into telling the story because 
the few people that I've told it told this to love this story. Uh-huh. So maybe our viewers might like it. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, he because because people will want to know like what happened and stuff. Um, and why I didn't write a song about this particular uh-huh. person. Um, who've I've interacted with for thirteen plus years. Wow. And um, so yeah, I went back to England and um. And then he told me that he's going to be in an army training. So I just didn't expect to ever hear from him again. I thought that was it, you know. One night. Yeah. And so one kiss. (laughs) And so. um, Under the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was it was pretty crazy. And so um, we. uh, Oh, no, no. I I was in England. and I received Mm. this email that said, you know, I'm, I do not want to be part of the French army. I'm going to go back to Poland. I really don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but all I want but this whole time that I was here, all these 14 days, I thought about you. Mm. So I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, but for now, all I know is I want to see you again. Wow. And yeah. And then I was just like, <laughs> it was like 14 days later. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh Ooh. man. And then he was just like, you know, let me know. I'll I'll fly to England. Like, let me know. Like, what day is good for you? You must be a good kisser. <laughs> um, I you know it was maybe, romantic. Maybe, and I I I don't know. I mean, uh, like sometimes I wonder like what what it was. I think, I mean, maybe we just genuinely liked each other like as people, um, and our energy and our temperament. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can only know so much about a person, even if you talk to them like yeah. the whole time, uh-huh. you know? Um, so yeah. Uh, um, so, I mean, at that point I just attributed to that to just like, you know, being, um, attraction or whatnot. And then, but at the time, like I went with it, I was like, Hey, he's mm-hmm. like, this is crazy. Awesome. And then, so he was just like, yeah, like, let me know what days work for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was just like, okay, like, it probably won't happen. Back mm-hmm. of my mind was just like, um, mm-hmm. like, this probably won't happen. But, you know, I sent him days, like, that I was not going to be in class, like, certain long weekends I had. Um, and then, and so, finally, we just kept escalating and making, like, more plans. And um, then he bought a flight he bought a hotel then i was like okay i bought his coach ticket yeah it was it was it was crazy and then so finally the day comes um and then you know because he's like and i was like okay what do you want to do while you're in england he was like well i like really like army things i was like okay and so we go i i had planned for us to go to the war museum in london and then like a flying museum like somewhere else i I forget. It was, like, more in the country area. Okay. So I'm like, okay, well, while he's here, let's have him go to places that he will definitely enjoy. Yeah. And so... That was um, sweet. Well, yeah, I wanted him to have a good time. And so, uh, so Bristol is 100 kilometers west mm-hmm. of London. And so he Which flew Which is, into like, London. how many miles? Like, 50? Is it half? It's... It's... Maybe... I, think, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it, well, it's, it's like two thirds, I think, because I think 15K is like nine. Okay, so maybe like, so like 75 yeah. miles? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so so I take um, a coach mm-hmm. to London, mm-hmm. and I'm, and then he's already flown in. He, he looks different because, you know, his head had been 
cut short because his the hair? army oh, sorry, yeah. his hair has <laughs> been sorry. cut short you know for army training right yeah, yeah, yeah. not completely bald or anything but just and then, different and then he was like a lot thinner like ripped thin and ripped the, how much longer had it been like three weeks wow because i guess the training was well so you, but when we saw him in paris they were in jackets they're in jackets, but when you look at his face, it, like, you can tell like there was he, he, uh, his face was fuller. He not fat at no, all. No, 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 no. But yeah, there was just Def- he had more cheeks and and so when I saw him, I almost didn't recognize him because you know because he got like ripped, you okay. know. Um, and then I saw him waiting for me, um, and and then I was like so scared. He was just like looking left and right, looking for Aww. me, and then I was just sta- I was like. A, a few yards back and I see him like looking for me um, and and like scanning around and I was just like really scared to like move forward mm-hmm. and so I was just standing there watching him yeah look and watch, I was just like for you. I was just like oh my gosh this is this it's is real. really crazy and it's like I barely know this person um, this is what crazy people do right and so <clears throat> And I was like, you know what? Like, don't be an asshole. Like, he came all the way from Poland well, to see two you. People doing that, so you can't be that crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and um, so yeah, I he was came like, from Poland. Yeah, he came from Poland to see me, and I was like, okay, don't be an asshole. Just at least, you know, see where it goes. And so I like move forward, and then he sees me, and then he just, like, grabs my hand right away, Aww. and he was just like, okay, like, and he, like, hugs me, and he's like, okay, where do we go? And and then, yeah, we just traveled together, and, um, and then, you know, for the most part, like, yeah, we had, like, a really good time in our travels, mm-hmm. like, seeing all the, like, the, the war museums and, like, the army stuff, it's not exactly my thing, but... Yeah. I, I was down to, like, check it out. and Well, you, know, you were with him. So. Yeah, I was with him. I was happy, and we took lots of pictures and stuff. Yeah. But I was just kind of thinking, like, this What's is, gonna like... What's going to happen? This is, like, crazy shit, yeah. you know? So mm-hmm. I was just not really present in that sense, because mm-hmm. I just, like, you it's know, surreal. looking... It was just very surreal. And so we, we go... Um, where did we go? Um... What else happened? So yeah, we went to the army museums, and um, and then uh, what happened? And oh, it was just like like sometimes, and then like we had missed a bus, and it was kind of like stressful. Then I had to like pay for a very expensive taxi to take mm. us where we needed to go, and money, and, yeah, yeah, and it was just kind of a very stressful trip because. I planned to, it was my fault in a way. I planned too much on the trip. And so, um, you what do know, you mean by that? Like, like I planned too many things. To oh do yeah. You that, too much in, in a short amount of time. Yeah. In a short amount of time. Mm. And cause I was just trying to like, you know, make him happy. And then mm. later on he was just like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that I was interested in the army. I things. didn't really and mean was, that. And then well, he was just like, Yeah, my whole the whole point of coming here was to see you Aww. and and like I'm afraid like I stressed you out and I was like, No, no, don't worry about it. And, but yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the the thing I liked is that liked about him is that he carried my my bags the whole oh, time yeah, you're like, this so is great. i was like bag free it was yeah. it's wonderful oh yeah because he's a big strong man yeah he's, like, <laughs> he's ripped yeah he's ripped too yeah and so we, well, at that point where were you living were you live i was living in bristol with a host family okay, okay. 
Um, and so then we went back to Bristol and I introduced him to my host family. Uh-huh. And then um, we spent maybe like a day or a day and a half there. And we were walking around. We saw my school. And uh-huh. um, and so, yeah. And then he, we went to, um, it, it was night and he was going to catch a flight back to Poland. Um, oh, no, no, no. He was going to catch a bus back to London, which would take him back to Poland. And then I just felt this immense anxiety. Mm-hmm. And then and then I was just like, uh, I, I, then we go to like the bus station. And then I was just like, OK, I have to go and I have to go like study for my class. And <laughs> OK. <laughs> and then and then and it was just total nonchalant. Bullshit. It was just total bullshit because he came on days that were supposed to be convenient for me. Like you had planned this out and like, and talked about it and talked about it. And I was just like, I gotta go. And I was just like, yeah, I gotta go. I'm busy. And and then, and I got to like study. And he was like, God, I hate talking about this. I, well, I don't, I haven't mentioned this to, to other people when I talk about this story. Well, actually a couple people, but cause it's, it doesn't, it paints you me feel, like yeah. it makes me look really bad, yeah, well, yeah. but it's the truth. It's part of the story, and it's who you are. Um, so <laughs> horrible, horrible. <laughs> and so mm. I was like, um, uh, and he was like, "You don't want to wait with me," and, oh. <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, you know, I really got to study for this test. <laughs> I gotta go." And, and oh, this then, was fun. Yeah. <laughs> And and then like I hugged him, and and I made it quick, Aww. and then I started and I just started walking like walking briskly. You were, and you had to carry your bag though. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I did. And so um, yeah. And so then he, Aww. and then I kept walking, and then ten minutes in, I was like, you know, what the fuck was I doing? Because yeah. I basically was was hurting really bad i like you were feeling rejected well in a, in a way i mean even though i knew we had planned like when he was gonna leave yeah. i just felt like so sad and yeah. hurt that he was leaving and i didn't want him to leave and um that's how you coped that's how that's kind of like how i coped if i did like one clean like, you know it's like okay i'm gonna leave you before you leave me yeah, how kind dare of- you get on a job <laughs> A bus or whatever to leave. Yeah. <laughs> it was self-preservation. So yeah. Like, so you didn't have to feel rejected or... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And um, like... I... Yeah, I'll definitely admit that. Um, and so, you know, I mean, if the viewers and listeners by now kind of know I have interesting uh, communication skills and uh weird ways of expressing myself Mm -hmm. so i think we all do yeah and so um so then i was like oh my god like what am i doing and his bus is gonna leave and i'm not gonna properly say bye to him and so i go back and then i was like not gonna make it on foot in time you know yeah oh no and so and then so then i stand at a bus stop and i wave down this bus a bus and this this bus this city bus and it was a bus that was already out of service that was uh, done for the day like but i I, <laughs> I waved it down 
and the bus driver picked me up. They saw you. They saw they me. Desperation. <laughs> they, I like, emitted. Just, yeah, they're like this. This woman needs to go somewhere. Yeah. And then the bus driver opens the door and he's like, where to, my love? Aww. And oh my God. Super sweet. Like, yeah. And then, um, and then I was like, okay, the bus station. And then, you know, there was like no fare to pay or yeah, anything. It was already done. Yeah. And he's it, like, this, this, she's got to go. <laughs> and so then he goes and he drops me off. And it was just so crazy, you uh-huh. know, and I, I made it just in time and Aww. I saw Wojciech and then, and then, oh my God. And he looked so, he looked so sad Aww. and I felt so like such a huge asshole. And then I just ran up to him and I was just crying like, yeah. like awful, like yeah, ugly crying and everything. <laughs> and I was just telling him. I was just telling him, you know, I'm just, I'm so sorry. And I, I don't, I just don't know how to act in a situation like this. And then, um, uh, how's my eye makeup? Yeah. It's okay. (laughs) And so, and he's like, and I just kept crying. Yeah. You know what you felt though? Huh? What did he say? And then he was just like, (laughs) and then he kind of like, it's okay. Like grabbed me and he didn't like shake me violently or abusively, <laughs> but he was just like firm. He was firm and he was like, "Be strong, be strong, don't cry." <laughs> <sighs> and oh. so, um, yeah, um, I wish I had like tissue. tissue. Well, this is these are like wet. Well, no, it's not I real got... tissue. I don't have any tissue. No, okay, it's okay. Oh. So, anyways. And so we, we waited together. He told you to be strong. Told me to be strong. And he was like... <laughs> yeah. And he's so caring. Then, yeah. And then he um, his bus oh. came, and then I properly got to see him off. Um, and then, yeah, I went home. Oh. I got an email from him when he finally got went to home. Poland. And he told me that um, he was crying on the on the bus. You know, let's, and then he said, you know, this is like really dangerous. Um, and that we, you know, there's something about it, like where we probably shouldn't see each other again and just kind of really enjoy the memories. You what know, do you mean, what did he mean by that? And, and like it's too much. Yeah. Or? It was like too much for both of us. Mm-hmm. It was. There's a lot of emotion. Yeah. Because that was only like, so three weeks after you first meeting him? Yeah. Yeah. And how long was he there? He was there for like three days or something. Three, four days. That was a lot of, yeah, passion and emotion. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy because I feel like I finally found someone who was just as crazy as me. And it was perfect. Or understanding. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and choosing our podcast. It really means a lot to us. Now, check out part one of Music Retrospective in the previous episode if you want to hear some embarrassing stories behind the conception of Glass Spirits' songs that involve poop, awkward dirty talk, and drunk dialing. Stay tuned for part three if you want to hear what happens next. 
If you want to see more of me with Coco from San Diego, you can watch our pre-show vlog that we streamed live on Twitch using the link up here or the link in the description below. On our next episode, we're going to have Maxim Bulgroth, aka Hot Sauce, a musician, educator, content creator, and all-around creative person. Max talks about his journey from theater acting to playing in a band with me, becoming a college professor, and being a digital creator who is active in podcasting and video game streaming. Please rate and review our podcast. If you want to keep our podcast, Pepe and Ebra, going or support our band, Glass Spirits, please join our Patreon. For just $5, $3, or even $1 a month, you can help keep us afloat. Our band name, Glass Spirits, is one word, spelled G-L-A-S-S-P-I-R-I-T-S. You can find us on most social media platforms just under Glass Spirits. The music you hear on this episode is our podcast theme song. It's an original song by our band Glass Spirits called Something Unspoken. You can download Something Unspoken from all major retailers or stream it on Spotify. For this episode, however, we want to give you an audio sample of Deified, the song that was mentioned in part one of Music Retrospective. This is an exclusive version from our soft release of Glass Spirits' album, Mysteries of Rhythm. The live version is on Spotify, and you can find it from just looking at the following code in this video, or the link in the description below, or in our show notes. Now, I'll leave you to enjoy the rest of Deified. Deified.